You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Heard, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Heard is a collaboration between the Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Heard through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcasts. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com, like Heard Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Heard Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoy this week's episode of Heard. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. I'm Joe Hakeem, and tonight I'm joined by Nick. So much better. Vato. Hey, yo. Jason. Wait, I have to say hello again. <laughs> <laughs> and the head distiller of Limestone Branch Distillery, Stephen Beam. Hi. Hey, Stephen, how are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. So, Stephen, what brings you to Michigan? Uh, well, Michigan is, has been a great straight state for limestone branch we do do really well with our yellowstone bourbon up here and so i uh, make it up here several times a year really i really enjoy uh detroit i like i like the energy i like coming up here great uh so the, with the whole limestone branch distillery and yellowstone and you have a we have a bottle of um is that minor case uh rye sherry cast finished rye whiskey so what these are some of your yep. brands that you you have they are yeah kind, yes. so kind of go through the portfolio for us <clears throat> so we uh we are a bourbon and uh brown water distillery we we're very small we make about a barrel of whiskey a day uh just a little bit over and uh we have yellowstone and then a year and a half ago we came out with the minor case rye um both are uh you know fantastic bur- uh Products, the bourbon is a small batch of four and seven year old, and the rye is a two year old rye that's been finished for about eight months in sherry casks. And so these are, um, a couple of the labels that, so the two you brought with you. What, else, what other labels do you guys have? Um, well, when we first started out, we were doing some moonshine products, okay. you know, just clear products. And, uh, and so we've, as the brown spirits have, matured uh-huh. we phase those out so we no longer have those labels uh we do do a limestone branch distillery uh-huh. product which is pretty much exclusively in kentucky and that's mm. uh mostly our small barrels uh, we do some 15 gallon experimental barrels uh-huh. where we've done uh 100 malted rye we did a malted weeded whiskey uh a, a regular red wheat and then we use a white corn, and so we've done some experimental with yellow corn in our bourbon as well. When you say something's experimental, is the hope that it catches on and that it becomes something more than experimental? Well, it, you know, it's just um, experimenting with the grain and different mash bills. We use some things like caramel malt sometimes, but it just lets me see how all the different flavors work together so that I can put together. Uh, a product that 
can go to market, uh-huh. which uh, we did a 28% red wheat uh, in the small barrels, and it turned out really well. And so that we put that into production into the 53-gallon barrels this past January. Can you tell me a little bit more about – you said there was a malted rye experimental barrel, right? Yes. And I believe I tried that. I've been in Kentucky a few times in the last six weeks doing barrels, <laughs> uh, barrel selections, and um, it's been fun. I've, like it. I've been there a couple times <laughs> in the past six weeks. I have. I'm just saying. And I, every time I go, I try to obviously drink as much as I can because um, that's – Kind of like I get paid to do, so I'm fortunate in that regard. Um, but I, there's a, there, I know there's a store in Covington. I believe it's liquor uncorked. I think they had, um, a, I think they bought their own barrels. That sound about yes. right? They bottled them in 375 milliliters. Okay, cool. So I am on the right page. We did try the malted rye. So I was just curious if you could talk just a little bit more about that, just well, so I can learn more about. Yeah, it's 100 percent malted rye. Um, so. It, 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 the cook, I don't know how technical you want to go Just into, but, it, but we, we don't have to cook it as hot as we do when we cook a, 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 a rye that has corn in it or a rye, uh, that's unmalted. So it's, it's a little bit lower temperature. Uh, the rye is the flavoring grain and then also the malt, um, we don't have to put an enzyme in because it already has the malt for the enzyme to make the sugar. So it's uh, a little bit easier that way. But rye is very notoriously difficult to work with as a grain because it can get real sticky and turn into concrete. And it, so it's it's really kind of um, one of those things that we we work with and we we do well. But uh, it will stay as in, as a experimental small batch in the small small uh barrels because for one thing it's very expensive yes you know cool i appreciate that and and the yield is pretty low <laughs> so when you when you use say it's expensive do you is cost part of your your kind of distilling um the, the kind of goal do you have a certain price point that you're trying to hit when you distill not really i mean we we i use whatever grain that i like uh, that makes the best product, but just but at the same time, you know you have to make things work as well. And uh, the cost for a hundred percent malted uh, rye would be really high, uh, and it, it, I just think it would be uh, too high for uh, for our price point right now. I think Pe- does Peerless do a hundred percent rye? And I feel like that bottle's over a hundred bucks too. It is, uh, but I don't. I'm not sure what their mash bill is, honestly. Sure. Okay. I, I don't believe it's 100%. There's very few 100% rise out there. Okay. Yeah. Um, can we address I want to like- say two James might. Do they? I'll have to double check that, but they may. I think theirs might be. Is that okay? I, I think know. I could be wrong. The, the elephant in the room would be Stephen Beam. <laughs> the last name. The last name. Yeah, no, yeah. I was. Yeah, that was going to be. You're my building up to that. Building up to that. Uh, did I ruin your like? No. Your crescendo. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. Yeah, I think that's an important <laughs> question. So let's talk about the lineage, the name, and like you know, go back as far as you want. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, that's obviously we get. I get asked. My brother and I, who started the distillery, get asked that a lot. Is you know, are we li- related to the the other beams? And you know, I'd say, well, you know, they're actually related to us. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we all go back to Jacob, who who came to Kentucky in 1795, and so he was kind of the the patriarch. And he had three grandsons. A lot of people don't realize, you know, the Beam was 
uh, were very broad in the at the business uh, before prohibition. So his three grandsons, uh, David, uh, John, and Joseph, uh, were all distillers. David was Jim Beam's father, and that line went on to become Jim Beam. Jack had uh, early times, mm. and he had one son, and they both died young within a year of each other. And Brown Foreman has owned early time since just after Prohibition. And then our ancestor was Joseph, who stayed at the original family farm distillery. And his son, Minor Case Beam, uh, which would have been Jim Beam's first cousin, he started with his uncle Jack at early times, became a master distiller, and then bought his own distillery. So, uh, and then he died right after Prohibition. So he never got to distill again after Prohibition. So these are all really uh, history, like rich brands. Right. Um, did Did you have much of a choice, like in your life? Did you have to be a distiller? <laughs> it, it it was kind of um, I it was that for me it was in my heart that I wanted to be, but it really the I came into the uh, market in in the seven in the eighties, which was not a really a great time in the distilling business in Kentucky. So. Is it because some, you couldn't make like a chocolate martini with it? Is that yeah, why? That's right. <laughs> or, uh, you know, Tom Collins or, you know, Cape Cod, whatever they, you know, they were drinking in the 80s. But uh, so I, I did some other, a few things. I, I actually looked into it, but uh, it, it just wasn't feasible at that time. And then the laws changed and things like the Internet came around so you could get the word out. Uh, you know, before you would had I had done print or uh, uh, the media would have just been crazy expensive to get the word out. So, you know, this all came together right. And so, in 2010, we opened up the this very small distillery with with the idea that it was we were just going to get our family back into the business, and we were just going to, you know, make some bourbon and uh, have a good time and. Uh, and you know things kind of snowballed. All of a sudden, bourbon took off, and it, it, things became crazy. So, so I, I haven't been to Kentucky in the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> what 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 is the what's the area like that, that you're at? We are in central Kentucky, which is actually we are the geographic center of the state is Lebanon, Kentucky, and uh, it's so it's the heart of bourbon country. You've got the limestone shelf that runs from basically from about Cincinnati. Down to um, uh, the western part of the state, down toward Paducah, but not quite that far south. So we run right in the center of that uh, limestone ridge, and uh, rolling hills. It's a, it's a perfect uh, Kentucky bourbon country. Well, what was it like growing up there? Was it? Uh, did you grow up with? I actually grew up in Louisville. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, my grandparents were from that area, so I used to spend the summers out there and, uh, you know, fished in the distillery ponds, and it was just always around. So, so I'm sure about half of our audience probably knows the importance of limestone to bourbon, but you kind of want to talk about maybe the um, the importance of limestone and then the concept of how branch plays into distilling. Yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> of course, limestone uh, puts calcium in the water. And so the and calcium removes iron and and iron is really bad for flavor in whiskey so it makes a uh, a great whiskey to have iron free water 
which comes from the uh, limestone. It also makes strong bones and horses. So mm. Kentucky was known for their strong because you know, of the for calcium. horses oh, because the okay. horses had uh, a lot of calcium. And so under the Louisville and surrounding area, it's very um, limestone heavy. Right? Yes. So the groundwater is yeah. filtered by that basically. And Absolutely. Infused. Yeah. Yeah. If you dig down, you know, about fifteen feet at the the story, you hit solid shelf of limestone. Hmm. And they actually bottle the water. You can go there and buy like the, li- the I think it's actually a limestone or branch. It might even say limestone or branch. There, no, there is a there is a bottled water. We don't do that. Okay, though. got yeah. it. <laughs> but there is a bottled water. Yep. In in Kentucky, and and branch comes from you know a branch of a stream. And the, the old timers used to when they would order uh, a bourbon and water, they would say a bourbon and branch. So that's uh, an old term, you know. And that was my salute back to the the old school with that. I like so. that. Hmm. It's a bar in San Francisco, I think. Right? Yes. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Okay. Bourbon Ranch. Nice. So just Can I like see that, right? Just like your name, the, the the Yellowstone label has a lot of history too, and, and it kind of went out of production for a while, right? Uh, no, it's always been well. It was out of production, but never off the shelf. So it was a, it was okay. a distiller producer, non distiller producer for a little while. Okay. Uh, but it's it's always been on the shelf since 1872. And you guys took back the you guys um, partnered with Luxco, right? Correct. And and then you decided to bring this back. Well, well or tried to distill it, it, it again. It, yeah, d- distill it again, and we I reformulated it uh, uh, to my taste, and we did you know a lot of work went into the product that is now Yellowstone, uh-huh. and I, I I would be. My mother would kill me if I didn't. <laughs> so she always says, "You always talk about the beams." But uh, the Yellowstone was actually uh, founded by Bernard Dant, and uh, J. W. Dant is my great grandfather on my mother's side, and they were uh, really well respected distillers up through Prohibition and into the 1940s and 50s. So J. W. Dant and his son uh, Bernard Dant founded Yellowstone, uh, who was a great great uncle of mine. And then uh, actually the families came together and we uh, – Yellowstone was always around my house when I was growing up when I was young just uh, because both fam- both families collaborated on it. With your, your your dad and your mom basically. They were the two <laughs> – no, they were the two that kind of brought everything together? Uh, it's actually my grandmother. One more, one more yeah, back. Yeah, one okay, more back. Got it. Yeah. All right. One, one – my grandmother uh, married a beam and her sister married the dance. Okay. So, and then and then kind of came together again on my mom's with my mom and dad. But yeah, wow. so I'm I'm the combination. So I'm kind of like Yellowstone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really, really, you had no choice. You had to distill. Right. <laughs> right. So you, you have any old like campfire stories that have been told like throughout uh, generations or passed down that like you know every family members kind of heard about or? Well, you know. <clears throat> Um, I'm trying to think of in what, in what respect. Something what do you give can... shape where you're going with that? <laughs> you know, I I I, 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 throw, I always throw back to movies, right? Like, so like I think grandma about... always liked to eat cheese in the dark. Oh, like, yeah. What are you kind of talking? <laughs> like the movie National Treasure, right? Where okay. Nicolas Cage's character, like you know, his his, his great 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 grandfather, were like, like treasure hunters or something. Did, or well, no, they were trying like to find the, the Declaration of right, Independence, right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> something like that. And it gets passed on and. You know all these like kind of stories that get passed on, and it's like it's your duty to pass on the next story to got the it, got it. next generation thing. But I, my my uh, it's just to to keep the ho- the holder 
of Yellowstone and and the the brand. You know, that, I think that's where we everybody's passed down. You know, I have the recipes and different stories through that. And you know, I I consider myself the steward for the brand for this part of its life. Okay, uh, it's been around like I said since 1872. I'm just a very small part of this whole story. And what what where what is the oldest known bottle that you're aware of of Yellowstone? I I have some from the 1940s. Wow! But uh, I'm not sure. You know. I actually have a bottle, an empty bottle from from the 1800s. So, really? Yeah, it's a bar back. It's hand painted porcelain. Uh, it's a beautiful bottle. Uh, they they did a series over three, four. There was Yellowstone, Mammoth Cave, which was a, a bourbon at that time, Old Granddad, and can't remember the fourth. But there were four of them that all had these hand painted porcelain. Uh, uh, bottles that are a- absolutely stunning. Wow! And do you have kids? I do not. Okay. My brother does. <laughs> okay. And, it, <laughs> and is involved gonna... in the the business, and we have uh, some nieces and nephews, both who have uh, both invested and in, and work and have worked in the distillery, and uh, seven grandkids. So wow. hopefully, you know, we'll be another seven generations on the other side. And nobody, any of them, nobody, nobody rebellious going, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> well, I want to sing. <laughs> when you have all those numbers, the odds are one of them. Right. And are, are any of them dating like, you know, the Daniels or anything <laughs> like that? Well, you know, it's kind of funny because it's not quite like it used to be. But, I mean, back in the day, it was every, everybody was – I mean, everybody was related pretty right. much. I mean, that's uh, – and there was Related a beam. through bourbon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and there was a beam just about – beam influence at just about every major distillery there. Hmm. And most of those were Joe's son, which was uh, Miner's brother. So yeah. our, our family kind of spread out through the distillery since we didn't own – we were kind of like the gypsies, you know. And, uh, the, and the, the beams, you know, Jim Beam – you know, kind of stayed there with their brand, but since we didn't have a distillery, we just kind of went out everywhere. Anybody in the family on the food side or culinary, like restaurants or in the kitchen? Yeah, I, that was one of my earlier careers. Hmm. I, I had a, I had a just a uh, pizza, Ria, and uh, a local chain there in Louisville. My brother has one, and my nephews have three. So all pizzerias, all, all the same. Uh, it's called Bernos Pizza. It's in Louisville. It's kind of like a local chain. Okay. And so uh, his fa- family, my brother-in-law's, my brother's family, so in-laws, and I don't know. Again, a whole other family thing. <laughs> Do they have liquor licenses at the pizza? <laughs> they gym? don't. They don't. You know, okay. we, you you can't have a liquor license and the distillery license in Kentucky. Interesting. Okay. Well, you couldn't then. You. Can now? Okay. They just passed the law. I got oh, it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because we couldn't have like a bar at the distillery, but now we can. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. No, I was the pizzerias. Do they have a liquor yeah, license? They, they don't. Yeah, okay. They don't. But when we applied for our liquor for our license through the state, uh, we I had a wine license, and I had to mm. to get rid of the wine license because you couldn't have a wine and distilled spirits. You get a beer and distilled spirits, but not. You know, state laws make no sense. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why you couldn't have food and. And booze. I mean, or beer or whatever. Like it just. Doesn't, I mean. Well, that's in, that's actually one of the points of prohibition. When they yeah. when they passed prohibition, they said all the states could do whatever the hell they wanted. 
and that really made things chaotic. Yeah, and the three tiers. You know, you if you if you're a manufacturer, you can't mm. retail it. Is what it boiled down. You need that to. middle layer, right? So, do you have a tasting room at the distillery? We do, we do, and they and they uh, like I said, changed the laws now, so we actually have a bar, so you can uh, get a taste or you can order a cocktail. So in tasting rooms in Kentucky, you're allowed to have other spirits or just the spirits? Just our, just our spirit in okay. the tasting room. But on the bar, we can have any, anybody's spirit. So we can have a full – we have a full bar license just like a, a regular bar. And uh, one of the things I'm, I'm looking into is getting – we also they passed a vintage liquor license yes. so that we can have vintage. So I'm going to bring some of the, yellow, the older Yellowstones and I'm, I'm looking for some of the, the older things uh, to bring back. That's really at, cool. At the distillery. What, 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 what the is Silver that? Dollar had a bunch last time. Well, I was about to ask, did you go to the place in Lexington? Lexington? Um, oh. We did not go to Lexington, I'm trying to think what the, the, the two guys that just started that. Yeah, the, the guys uh, with the Bourbon Review. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of the name. I can't of think of their names. I've been talking to them online. I mean, they have a vintage store. Getting, and it's like my dream. Cat, you're getting catfish. Well, let, let's, talk about, <laughs> let, let's talk about this whole vintage <laughs> thing. So what does that mean? So you, people can, you can bring in as, uh, whatever you want. Yeah, you, from, from, from like a from an older spirit standpoint, anything that's no longer available, no longer production. Yeah, yeah, no longer production. So like a like a nineteen eighty bottle of fill in the blank, okay. you could then put it on the shelf. Where in Michigan, you can't do that. Yeah. It has to be in the liquor. Put room. on the shelf if it's unopened. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like in a retail, like in an off premise, like in a retail environment. Yeah. Okay. So like Joe Keiko's over here, he can't sell anything that's out of the book. Right. But, but if, if if I had like an old bottle of like nineteen eighty something something. I could sell it in my store in like in Kentucky, yeah. or the bars like when we went to uh, in Louisville the Silver Dollar this time versus the last time that we went there they had a whole new menu yeah. of uh, you know original vintage spirits by the poor. That's technically illegal in Michigan. So in theory, if you have something not in the liquor book, you're not supposed to serve it. Really? Yeah. You can you can get you can get flagged for that. So, so I've been told by a couple bar owners that you could bring in one bottle a month outside of the book. Is that not true? Well, so there's rules where you can like go to a local liquor store and like grab a bottle to replenish, but I think it still has to be in the liquor book. Um, do you know that? Yes. Yeah, I'm getting a headshot. Supposed to be in the book. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. It'd be discontinued and not no longer in there, but it has to be listed at one time. So it'd be discontinued, yes. but, but so it, it was in the liquor book. It's been in the yeah. book at one time or another. Yeah. So you can't bring something from out of state that's never been in the book Correct. and put it on your bar. No. Okay. That well, there's sense. even lot. There's a lot of laws about bringing liquor in from out of state too. For personal use, yeah. Mm, for personal use, I, th- oh, I thought yeah, you're yeah. allowed so many bottles. No, there. Well, it, yes, depends on if you come from other country or from other state, though. Oh, but oh. there is personal use laws that are for bringing liquor in from out of state. I'm sure I've broken them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how Lara is ever going to enforce it, but the laws are on the books. Interesting. Ah, Lara's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you said you had bottles going back to 1940. Does that mean that they're on? You have some unopened bottles? Yes. Really? Yeah, at my house wow. <laughs> right now. Yeah, you know the thing is, uh, especially early on, say, you know, six years ago, people would bring older bottles in and, and just, you know, want to get rid of them or or things or save. That's so, crazy. Want to yeah. get rid of them? Well, yeah, like, you know, sell them. You know, okay. Ah, yeah, that's yeah. the key. <laughs> that's the key. <laughs> Not donate. Right. No, no, no. But well, we get a lot of you know a lot of empty bottles and things donated. Uh-huh. Really, uh-huh. really do. There's the Yellowstone was so popular. There's a lot of things out there 
from the 1940s on and uh but so so i i really collected a lot earlier it's it's a lot harder to do now it could have been considered donating six years ago relative to what people pay right. in the secondary market <laughs> these days um so you probably got a that was a good time we were just yeah. so when we so we just did another podcast if you're listening to this whenever whenever this podcast goes live we just finished up last week's episode with robin cleveland and he was saying you used to be able to buy booze on ebay yeah and i don't know if that was legal or if it was just a gray market no, it was no, legal it was legal no you're, you're buying the pen or the empty bottle <laughs> and so it, it has happens happens to have filled <laughs> it sounded like it was legal <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I bought things off ebay you know in probably what 2005 somewhere okay. in there yeah nick's only bought Legos. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Lots of Legos. A lot of Legos. Do you know just a random question? We're talking about vintage things. and I've, uh, Did Yellowstone or any of the brands, um, did they ever go through a period where they, outside of that original, when you're talking about the ceramic in the late 1800s, in that 70s, 80s uh, period when things were getting a little off? Because I know that Beam did when I visited Beam um, recently. They had the whole room there dedicated to all the old ceramic uh, decanters and all these things. And I know that that was part of like the marketing around trying to. Uh, they had like the know, Rembrandt paintings and all that stuff. They have a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they had like a ceramic chainsaw with you know uh-huh. uh, bourbon in it, and you're like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> oh yeah, so they, they <laughs> ceramic uh, chainsaw. Go on eBay. Oh yeah, go on eBay. <laughs> yeah, that was a big thing. Whereas you know, they're. Uh, it was really bad. There's a, such a glut of bourbon that, as for marketing, they were just trying to create these like collectible things, and they're everything from fire trucks to, I mean, there was everything. But I thought there, where Beam had a large collection of them at the distillery as part of the tour, the chainsaw st- uh, stuck out to me more than <laughs> any of the other Obviously. ones. But um, uh, mo- more of them were like traditional, like collectibles. I'm sure if you went to many, you know. Um, Vintage stores or antiques places, yeah. you could still find the empty ones. Or totally, potentially even yeah. like a potentially even a full one. But I just wondered, just out of curiosity, if Yellowstone or any of the brands really leaned into that in the seventies and eighties. Yellowstone really didn't get into that. They did do one bottle for the, uh, I guess it was the hundredth mm. anniversary Anniversary's of the park. Uh, so in you know nineteen seventy two cool. or whatever they did they did one and and that's you can find those on eBay uh, price keeps going up <laughs> which is kind of funny because they're not they're, there's a lot of them it's not uh, that rare so empty but yeah <laughs> empty yeah yeah was the was the juice anything different for that hundredth anniversary uh, I don't think so okay I think it was just the just the, the packaging package, yeah okay and then they did they did. Uh, a brand called Mellow uh, Mellow Mash, which was Yellowstone. Have you well. heard of it? No, he said oh. Mellow, and I was thinking Mellow Corn because oh. the service industry went through a, a – a, 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 there was a period of time where for a few months that was a staff bottle, and uh, Dave was thinking about trying to buy a barrel of Mellow Corn, and I'm glad that phase passed because it's young and boisterous, high <laughs> corn whiskey. Um, yeah. It's cheap. It's like – I'm not a fan. Nine dollars. Yeah. I think he um yeah. he uh, we did a mellow corn ice luge at one of the <laughs> yeah. sugar house. Didn't he prank me like, with a glass because we once. hate our customers? Apparently, I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I was at a bar and he like sent me a shot and that was what it was. Yeah. Well, there for like there was like a summertime where it was like the staff bottle of choice du jour, the staff bottle du jour. But fortunately, that 
we're looking mm-hmm. up the bottles on eBay right now. Okay. What they cost? Is it like a white bottle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, there's a, the the canter. There's a there's one here for one thirty nine. Oh damn! Yeah. Is that a good is that a good price? Yeah, I I, I, I usually see them for under twenty bucks. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch of no. fourteen bucks. Yeah. Well, you should buy them. Oh, there's a twenty two. Yeah, eighteen, twenty two. This other thing, I don't know what it is. So I mean, you, you've seen some real fluctuations in the bourbon market. Like, what do you think of how? Like the bourbon market right now, like it's so it's obviously like, bullish on it. Yeah, I, I, right. Yeah. And there, there's so much happening, and, and there's so many sought after. Like, how do you, how do you position yourself? And like, you know, it's 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 tough because the uh, the number of bourbons that you know just keep continually coming out, so it's hard to to stay relevant in the the market. So. We don't make a tremendous amount of bourbon, so, and I make bourbon what I that I like. Mm-hmm. So I hope there's enough people around the country and around the world that can buy 500 barrels of bourbon that I like. <laughs> which isn't much. much. Which isn't much bourbon compared no. to some of the big guys. No, yeah. they, my cousins spill more than, in a uh, day than what we make in a year. So. <laughs> Well, they just had the uh, the the warehouse. Oh, warehouse. Um, we didn't talk about that. Seventeen ninety two, and that was. Oh, they also got a fine for killing fish. For killing fish, yeah. Nine um, nine thousand barrels, something like that, yeah. right? Did is was there a rule, a reason? Did we hear why? Shifting foundation underneath, or there was a fire first. Fire led to a collapse. That that's. That's terrible. So that day was particularly interesting because in the beginning of the day, it was news and everyone's just like, what? What's happening? And then by the end of the day, all the like bourbon websites were, it was so saturated on there. They were like, what? A warehouse fell? I have never heard of this. <laughs> and now like two days later, Thrillist are sharing it. Like all the major news sites are sharing it. And all the bourbon guys are like, ah, oh, we've heard this story already. But now there is some new info coming out. Like the fish thing I think was new today. Well, it's kind of like throwing salt on the wound, right? It's like, you know, we, well, we, saw, some, we saw it two days ago. Keep Stop bringing it up, guys. Right. And someone had – do you have a barrel pick? Someone had a barrel pick. Was that you guys or was that the bourbon club? We do have one. Okay. And have you heard if that's safe? No, we had one that we had already. Oh, it's gone. We didn't it's get drank. another one. Okay. I mean the interesting thing about that, I mean that's definitely a tragedy uh, specifically, especially because of how crunched the demand is. But it's – Going back and watching on YouTube, I mean, that was one Rick House, but the Heaven Hill Fire in like 1996, they have these videos on YouTube of the aerial footage of, you know, it was, I don't know if it was ultimately a lightning strike or one, one thing set fire, one of the Rick House set fire, and it was very windy. And so the wind, or, you know, the wind was just taking the fire and ended up like destroying, you know, the Rick, many of the Rick Houses and the distillery itself, which now they ultimately, um, distill in Louisville and tanker truck it there to Bardstown, but um, and the river was on fire because the Whoa. bourbon was like sure. Um, it's yeah. it, it's pretty uh, sounds intense. biblical. Yeah, yeah. So how it is it's intense to watch the video and you're just like no. Yeah, it almost burned it burned half the county down almost, oh, yeah. you know, down the river. So <laughs> what? So obviously with with 500 barrels again, which isn't much. What kind of precautions are you taking? So obviously you've probably saw this and we're like, oh my gosh, well, do we have a like that, a fire extinguisher somewhere? <laughs> It, once they start, they don't they, yeah. they don't go out. But uh, the uh, that was that was built in 1940s, yeah. and so the the new warehouses are built under a, a lot of different regulations. There's, okay. there's a code now. Yeah, <laughs> what's, a, what's a code? <laughs> 
And rightly so. You're yeah. complaining about Lara. But, you know, now there's a code that says <laughs> eh, you can't build things out of wood and uh, paper mache. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Paper mache. Yeah, I heard. I heard it goes up in flames. <laughs> I don't know. I I did that when I was in grade school, and it was very toxic. I think. So, so in terms, of, so we talked about the age statement on the Yellowstone earlier. Are you aging some more for future, say, like in terms of like a, a lo- longer age statement or no? Well, we do. A, I do a limited edition once a year. Okay. It's it's uh, source right now. This past year, we started adding some of our juice into it so and it's a a blend of seven and 12 year old and then last year had some of our four and it's an excellent uh really fantastic bourbon that we did uh, once a year and we've talked about age statements before can we go over that again what what is the what is the rule on age statements on on a bottle okay for bourbon uh just to be bourbon whiskey it has to go into a new old Touch a barrel. Yeah. Yeah. It it could be in there 10 minutes, just bourbon whiskey. But it has to state, if it's under four years old, it has to state how old it is. If it's uh, two years, then you can say straight uh, bourbon whiskey. Okay. And if it's over four, you do not need to put an age statement on it. Uh, You don't. You don't. But, But a lot of places choose to. Usually after about six years, they'll start putting the age statements back on. So, so there's a sweet spot you're saying. So if, if you're like, if you're between four and six years, is that, is that a deterrent to some people to buy? Well, I, I, there is a people seeming to think, you know, the older age right. is, is better. So, uh, people just kind of leave it off. And it also, if you're, if it's a blend of whiskeys, yeah. you have to put the, mm. the youngest whiskey in the, uh, on the age statement. So no, if you have a four and seven, you have to put four. So it doesn't make much sense to mix a young whiskey with a really old whiskey. Depends what you're trying to do. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but you would ha- you couldn't. Well, I mean, you I, if you're going only for age, then yes. But if you're going for a flavor or a profile well, forever, right. then yeah. Right. Okay. So this, this is a, so Yellowstone is a non age stated, uh, but it's a blend of four and seven year old. Four and seven. Years. But yeah. because it says straight bourbon, but it doesn't have an age statement, you know it's at least four? At least right. four years old. Okay. Right. Now, talk about, so the black label comes out once a year? Once a year. And talk a little bit about that. Uh, so that, I do uh, different things with that. So that's kind of my um, vehicle to express myself with. And so uh, first year was we just blended different barrels together. And uh, then in 2015, I did... Uh, Toasted barrels, so we took new wine barrels and wine barrels, opposed to bourbon barrels, wine are made better, tighter, less mm-hmm. air gets in. And toasted so, means and, it's not as high char, right? So it's like toasting a marshmallow, you know, just lightly brown. Okay. And we did a medium, medium plus, and heavy toast. Put finished our bourbon in that, and then uh, bottled. So if it's a four and if it's a seven and twelve year old bourbon, finished for about a year in the toasted barrels. Mm-hmm. And so that was very, uh, you know, had a lot of the oak notes to it and toasted oak notes to it. Um, and then in 2016, 17, we, uh, I took that same barrel once we dumped it and sent it back to the cooper and he put a light char, this number one char over the, that wet barrel. So you get more burnt sugars. You've got the, the bourbon that was in the, the wood. That was charred, so it's like creme brulee type uh, of a flavor finish on it. 
uh, really, really soft for 101 proof and has a, a finish that lingers uh, for a really good time and uh, on your palate. And the um, it <laughs> good time on your palate. I like that. I like that. Uh, we need to we need to get that going right now. So yeah, and it 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 did really well. It's done well in each place we've uh, put it in, and you know, in San Francisco. It, won a double gold that actually was put in the wrong category or it would have won the whole thing for bourbon. So uh, it's, is, it's a great whiskey. This is the Black Label. The Black Label, black 2017. Label. And when you say it's released once, once a year, does that mean that it's um, – is it widely available? Uh, we do. Last year we did about 8,500 bottles, period. Wow. So it's uh, in Michigan, what, a few hundred bottles? Four hundred bottles. Four hundred bottles. That seems like a lot compared to some of the, I, not a lot, but like it's more than a lot of the highly allocated stuff, right? right. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, four rows of small batch limited edition was probably like ten or twelve thousand somewhere along. So it's less than that, I believe. Hmm. I feel pretty confident saying that. Yeah. Um. So just because I had, I've had one of them. I'm trying to figure out which one. One of them was 101, and one of them was 105 proof. 105 was the very first one. I had that. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I've got to seek out the. Uh, the next one or the, le- the the most recent one. Yeah. And then in 2018, we did a number – I did a number one, a number three char over that same barrel. Oh, so cool. we went from toasted number one and number three. So you get the uh, – first. So it's, I have uh, really high hope for this one because of the – it's similar to the last year. Was it still pretty much the same blend? Uh, yes. Yeah, seven oh, cool. and – seven, 12 and then some of our four. And then, uh, and then next year, 2019 is going to be a nine-year-old age-stated cool blend. So, how many how many testers do you have? You, you're the test. You're the main, obviously. But how many how many under you do you have that are like testing and and seeing if the product meets your specifications? Well, we're you know the distillers are tasting like the white dog on on the floor all the time. You know, as as it's coming off and when we're batching. Talk, wait, white dog? What what is a white dog? That is the uh, the the product, the product as it comes off the still. Okay. So the you white know, whiskey. White whiskey. Yeah. When it comes off the still, it's clear. Uh-huh. It, all the bourbon gets all the color from the barrel. Okay. So as it goes into the barrel, it's clear. So we're tasting that because you want to make sure that what you put into the barrel is the highest quality, so that you get out of the barrel the highest quality. Got it. Uh, but I do uh most of the tasting for for the finished products on my own and then once i get it down to a certain point you know then i bring some people in and and then we'll like, like podcast around. podcasters yeah <laughs> <laughs> and 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 your development was just over time of like i mean cuz i'm i'm curious now cuz you 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 went from the food you know obviously this has been in your family forever but you went from the food portion now then you went to the you know distillery stuff so what point did did you feel like that you you hit your point where you're like okay i can be the final say on on everything that's coming through this shot again i go back to you know i drank i drank a fair amount of whiskey before i got (laughs) got into (laughs) none of us are distillers so we drink a fair amount so and i knew i know what i like and that's the profile that i was shooting for and so that's like I, I go back again. I make what I like, and hopefully you will too. Uh, and if you don't, that's okay. But 
you know, I, I, I make what I like. And I, I think if you try to shoot for too broad of a, a range, then you don't mean anything to anybody. So I'm, I, I'll stick with what I like and, you know. Uh, There's a particular amount of confidence that comes <laughs> – like that comes through in that statement, right? Like you're, you're saying that what you like is what's going to sell. And are there moments where you question that? Oh yeah. You know, if, if you, if you read some of the blogs, yeah. <laughs> well, but at the same time though, I think, I think that's super important because he's saying here is the standard. Here's the palette that you're going to make it towards. I think if you waffle too much, you're not going to have a consistency. So he becomes kind of the barometer of the product. And like, I'm going to make it towards my palate. If you like it, great. If you don't, there's plenty of other stuff to drink. But to his last point, too, is well, it's got to be tough. Like you said, reading the blogs and reading, you know, somebody's going to say something else. And then at some point, you question yourself and everything. In always life, trolls. Right? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. yeah, at the but, same time, like one thing about the bourbon thing is like people love to go on bourbon forums and argue. And never, what I love never. is the best and what you love is the worst and what <laughs> – you love sucks and it's just like you know and so i get what you're saying because you're like hey there's you know the 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 range of expressions uh you know of bourbon is so great that there's something for everybody and if it puts a smile on your face there you go you know then it's good right i got a quick question because i was just i'm fascinated by sherry finishes because i really enjoy sherry's and ports and particularly in bourbon finishes um, and I was reading, so I, I want to confirm, this is a cream sherry finish? It is a cream sherry. And how did you uh, settle upon that? Because that's certainly a, a different than one, some of the darker, you know, the Olorosos and the Pedro Menes and very some, which I think is fascinating. Well, you know. Um, this is the rye. Did you say that? It, yes. The, the, I'm sorry, the minor the rye. case. Yeah. The minor, minor case, case yeah. is yeah. a sherry finish. Yeah. It doesn't say cream, but I did uh, look it up because I really enjoyed when it. When I was bartending, I really enjoyed sherries and ports in my cocktails. And um, so I was just curious. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a cream sherry. Um, I had it. It's actually uh, was a partner of, of, our, of our partner had the barrels at, at that time. And, but I, I tasted it, tasted the sherry, thought it would work well with the rye. And so that's when we, we did the experiment and it, and it turned out I, – I think it turned out great. I, I think it's very well balanced. You know, it's not all about the sherry. And I think the, uh, the cream sherry adds a sweetness and – and kind of a creaminess to to the rye, and uh, um, but it's, it's it's a great rye. What can yeah. I say? <laughs> I get a lot of I get a lot of toastiness from it. I get I de- the the creaminess to it. It's a full flavor. I mean, definitely the rye is there. This is this is really good. Yeah, especially coming from coming from the bourbon. Quite quite a difference on the spectrum to have those two products. Yeah, as kind of your main. So one one cool question. So does Yellowstone have any tie to Yellowstone Park? Ah, <laughs> yeah. The um, well, Bernard Dant, who started the, his the story in 1856, uh, he had a salesman. His name was Charles Townsend, who was out west, and he he uh, came back and he was all excited. And he said, "You know, they've got this new thing. It's a national park. What year so, is this? <laughs> 1870. <laughs> you know, this new thing, right, this right. new <laughs> thing called a park. <laughs> it's awesome. You know, that, uh, Yellowstone was the first, world's first national park. So wow. it was uh, – so he said, you know, if we, if we name a bourbon after this, we'll sell a lot of bourbon. So they, they branded Yellowstone in 1872 and it's been on the shelf ever since. It, you could even get a prescription during Prohibition uh, for Yellowstone. For Yellowstone. And it was the uh, best-selling bourbon in Kentucky in the 1960s and 70s. Oh. Does the original packaging speak to the park? I've got to go Google it and look at some of that. 
Like the original branding, it's Yellowstone. Yeah, the actually, the, the top half of that label is pretty close to the original. Mm. Mm, cool. So um, I want to flip, change gears for one second. You say uh, traveling around. What do you like about Detroit so far? You know, I, I, I started coming a couple of years ago, you know, and – when you when you're outside of Detroit and you hear you know I heard you know there was a, a renaissance when, but you know you guys took it on the chin for oh, yeah, uh, know, a yeah. while a few times <laughs> black eyes broken noses over here <laughs> what had so, happened was <laughs> <laughs> but when when I came in you know and started meeting with uh, you know cocktail specialists and 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 bars and restaurants and and things and it's just really a great energy here uh, and I, I'm really can say that with all sincerity there's just a a really a great like we're doing it you know uh can do attitude just it's it's a great city and the weather was of course beautiful today oh it is yeah so it's good any favorite spots any uh like uh tourist attraction places you like to go around when you're here you know when I'm here, I usually see the inside of bars and liquor stores. Right. Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear the guys got you working pretty hard. Bar, bars, liquor stores, and hotel rooms, right? That's it. Yeah. Well, you pick good ones going to Keiko's. I mean, yeah. that's a great spot. Yeah, it is a great spot. Mm-hmm. I, they they uh, treat me like family when I go there. And uh, from what I see, they treat all their customers like that. So if anyone's listening live, um, Keiko still has product available, I'm sure. Yep, we got a head nod there. You're going to be at Bad Luck tomorrow? Maybe? Question mark? <laughs> for, for a training? Yep. Well, oh, for a training. So, so yes. to, what's to, public? Maybe I'll say what's public. I, I mean, this is going to post for a week from now. But if someone's now. listening right now, if yeah. it, my mom is listening right now, <laughs> what? where can she but go? T- but tomorrow is what date, though? Uh, is what I'm getting at. I'm so saying if they're listening live. <laughs> if they are listening today. So, June? <laughs> on whatever's today's date. I don't know what day is it is today. 27? June 26th. Yeah. yeah. So if you are listening June right 27th, now at 9.34. Stephen will be at Bad Luck Bar for, for a staff training. training. So if, you, training. if you work at Bad Luck. For doing a daytime. <laughs> so yeah. so if, you work, if you so work there. <laughs> if you work at Bad Luck Bar. <laughs> so if you go to Bad Luck Bar. So Yanni, Matt, If you go there that night, they will be well-versed in. <laughs> these are, products. Are there any public events you're doing tomorrow? Not tomorrow. Okay, so never never mind. That was a Just great segment. Oh, oh, cool. oh right, that's so, great. So yeah. for, for folks listening <laughs> at, the the time, <laughs> at the time, right, so if they travel to Lebanon, <laughs> if they travel to Lebanon, which, uh, other than going to your tasting room, where, where, what should they do in Lebanon? Like what? Oh, it's great. We've got the uh, Kentucky Cooperage, which makes most of the barrels hmm. for the hmm. uh, industry there uh, they make over 3,000 barrels a day which is kind of my, mind blowing yeah. uh, so and it is a process you need to go watch a video yeah. it is, yeah. it'll suck you in yeah. is but that they, Independence they do, Dave or is it called Indep- Con- okay. Independence Dave Kentucky Cooper yeah, yep. all the same But and they do tours Monday through Friday and it is it, 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 I recommend anybody go to hmm. that yeah and then we're just around the corner from Maker's Mark uh, you know it's a beautiful area we've got the, the rolling hills around and uh, it's great so I've been told there's a contest going on. What is the contest? Ooh. Oh, yeah. That is uh, if you take a photo, uh, it's for the national parks. With So you take a photo, download it on our website. We're picking a photo every week throughout the summer uh, with a grand prize of the 
uh, a, a trip to Yellowstone. Whoa. Ooh, hey. wait, okay, so wait a second. <laughs> what so what, what's the website? Uh, limestonebranch.com. Limestonebranch.com. So people go to limestonebranch.com. They upload a photo to the website? Correct. Okay, of a national park. Uh, no, just of themselves. Oh, of themselves. You know, in a podcast talking to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there, there's. I mean, you know, preferably it'd be with Yellowstone and and you know. The oh, sure. Okay. But yes. But it's no requirement, and there's a lot of. So lot it's of, random. It is random because that would make it a sweepstakes. So the web guy says oh, a sweepstakes is random. Stop. A contest is selected. Stop. No, I Stop. 100% oh yeah, know I'm that. sorry. So it's a sweepstakes. <laughs> it's a sweepstakes if it's random. If it's, it's a random. contest, so if it's something sweepstakes. selected. You're, you're yes. complaining about rules over here. <laughs> well, no, it's fine. It's true. All right. Sweepstakes. <laughs> ra- all right, whatever. And preferential treatment given to podcasters, right? <laughs> no, that'd be a contest. <laughs> that'd be a contest. <laughs> okay, Stephen. So, um, where's the where can people find you online? What's the website? It's limestonebranch.com. Okay. Um, Are you on Instagram? Instagram at Limestone Branch. branch. Yeah, Facebook, yeah. Limestone Branch. Lime, everything's at Limestone, Limestone Branch <laughs> everywhere. Right. right? Um, your your labels, again, are Yellowstone and, and then Minor Case. Correct. And they're both available in Michigan? They are. And when does okay. Black Label come out? Uh, it's probably going to be a little bit later this year, but October, I would say. And Michigan will get two bottles? Three? Eh, probably maybe 400. Four. 400? Yeah. Oh, that's decent odds. Okay. Yeah. You'll be able to get one, Nick. Go yeah. to Keiko's. Go to Keiko's. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Stephen, thanks so much for being right. with us. Absolutely. No, no thank really you, guys. Really appreciate it. Really. Yeah. Until next time, dine well, friends.